This week's podcast brought to you by The Boastful Puzzler. The other night on our local news, there was a tease for the upcoming stories, and the anchor came on and said, Coming up, pelvic health and how to eat farm to table. has no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, this is day 12, we figure, of quarantine. Was that what it is, day 12? I believe so, but who's counting? <laughs> and, it's a um, lot of days so far. It feels even sillier than usual to be doing a podcast in these circumstances, but we're all healthy, knock on wood. So far. As far as we know, we hope that all of you are as well. We have barely left the house in the last couple of weeks. We've, um, I've left the house a couple of times to go to the grocery store, and we've left the house maybe three times to go to um, a park. A park, yeah, to uh, when the weather's been decent. Shoot, shoot hoops far from anybody else. Exactly. As I said to my son, he's playing his usual social distancing defense, t- staying six feet away from his, <laughs> his man. And when we were at our outdoor court at our local high school recently, just a couple of days ago, before it snowed here, um, we noticed that both nets were in dire need of repair. And we had the minivan, which has the box um, of nets in it that John had sent us a couple months ago. From our net connection. From, exactly. And we, we we didn't have a ladder, so we were trying to figure out how we could change these nets. And then we noticed that there was a big, giant garbage bin and that... A Rubbermaid Brute. Yeah, is that That's what it's the called? Brand, the Rubbermaid Brute. The Rubbermaid Brute. So, and it had a trash bag in it. So it was perfect. We took the trash bag out because it wasn't even that full. Flipped the Rubbermaid bin over. Our thirteen-year-old, uh, who is tall but doesn't weigh very much, stood on it and was able to take the old nets down. The old nets, which we had also replaced, which we had put up the, at the beginning of the summer or last spring, and uh, and then she put on the new nets. And the best part about this is after we had finished doing that, our nine-year-old was also with us. And she said, quote, changing nets is great, but you know what would be even better? Filling in the cracks in the court. (laughs) And she was serious as if we could go to the back of the minivan and pull out whatever. A pavement layer? What's that? A pavement layer? Yeah, exactly. And fill in the cracks in the court. And she's right. It would have been nice if we could have filled in the cracks in the court. But at least... Our local high school court now has uh, two new nets. But that's what we should start doing. We should start going in and, and filling in the cracks. I think that courts. might be slightly more expensive and might require a little more expertise than just replacing the nets. So in the absence of basketball, and the kids have been playing, uh, discovered r- the joy of rollerblading as well. Yes. You and I both have a pair of rollerblades that they've taken, and then we got one from a uh, tag sale. And they've been playing street hockey, which is fantastic because none of them has ever played hockey, and they're all look like giraffes on skates. But um, but it's been fantastic. But otherwise, I would say 99% of our time that isn't devoted to the distance learning of the kids has been devoted to puzzling, and I'm using puzzling as a verb, and not just as a uh, 
description of my... And and this has been the frustrating part. So you and I, before we had kids on occasion, would sit down and we would do a puzzle together. So in our basement, we had, I don't know, maybe five puzzles or so, 500-piece puzzles, 1,000-piece puzzles. And so um, the first one you brought up from the basement was a 1,000-piece puzzle, beautiful puzzle. And, Skyline um, of the City of London. Yeah, it was it was a difficult one to do. It was definitely challenging. How how much time would you say, say collectively we put into that puzzle? Uh, many many man hours. Many and man. several woman hours. Yes, many. Ma- that's true. There were more definitely more man hours than woman hours. And when we completed the puzzle, how many pieces were missing? Twelve. Twelve. I did a hard target search of our dog, the laundry room, the vacuum bag. Under couches, under rugs. What exactly did the hard target search of the dog consist of? Because that's concerning me. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I did a homemade MRI. Okay. And, and couldn't find the pieces. No. When we, when we finally broke up the puzzle and returned it to its box, I found two pieces under the dining room table where we were doing the puzzle. And that's because the, the rug in the dining room is light blue or blue. And the back of all the puzzle pieces are blue. So when they turn over and fall to the carpet, they, they blend in. That still would have left us with 10, ten shots. So it's then. Deeply unsatisfying. Deeply unsatisfying. So then our daughter brought up a puzzle that she was going to do, our oldest daughter. It was a 500 piece puzzle. And then she decided, after she had sorted all the pieces, that she didn't want to do it. So I've been working on that puzzle. And that's a 500 piece puzzle. And I haven't finished it yet, but I already know that there's an edge piece missing. And as I look at what's left, which is probably, what do you think I have left on that thing? About 30 pieces I yes. still have to put in? All, all of the exact same shape and color. It's dark leaves on a, on a giant tree. And there's going to be easily how many pieces of that puzzle missing, do you think? At least a dozen. And I'm, I'm just wondering how this has happened. Because there's no way, there's no way in my previous life, and by previous life I mean before we had kids, would I have... Let us do a puzzle and then lost pieces and still put that puzzle back on a shelf in the basement. It's like the puzzle at an old folks home or a community center or a YMCA or something you check out of the library. Exactly. You know that it's going to look like a hockey player's smile when you you finish it. And and in fact, it has. But I should say that the puzzle you're doing right now is a Kodak puzzle. Yes. Beautiful photograph. But the the construction of the pieces. Trash. Flimsy. Terrible. Awful. You bump it. It shatters. The puzzles, the only puzzles I will do, I certainly will never do any other puzzle from this day forward, are Ravensburger. I'm not being... You're a puzzle I'm not endorsing them. I'm I'm not getting paid by them. But yes, it says right on the box with soft click technology. And I actually know what they're talking about. Can I tell you... The pieces click in nicely. You're not... You're never uncertain. Does this piece go here or doesn't it go there? Yes, if it snaps in, it goes there. The construction is, is... like five ply, and the difference, it's, it's nice. The difference in that those puzzles and that Kodak puzzle I'm doing are, are huge. But the, you just said the only puzzles you will do from now on are are those. No, know what the only puzzles I will do from now on? Ones that I haven't gotten off the shelf in our basement because this is highly, highly frustrating to put that much time into a puzzle. And the whole point, the, the beauty of it is when you you know put that last piece in and you see the picture come together and it's complete not these incomplete things that somehow ended up in boxes. And, and so when we had the one that was missing 12 and then 10 pieces, and I, I said that one has to when we're done, when we were finished with it, that's we're getting rid of that thing. Our, uh, our 13-year-old w- didn't approve of that, but there's no way we're putting that thing back in a box and back 
in a basement where we're going to forget 15 no, no. years from I now think we and should, then do it. I think we should put the puzzle back in, claim it's complete, and donate it to, to a senior center or, or, or sell it at a tag sale. You know how many people would probably do that? <laughs> I, I want to pass on the, the, the dissatisfaction that we've had in doing that puzzle. Yeah, the, the puzzle that you and I are working on now should have all the pieces because we purchased that one new. But by virtue of us having it in our house for a week, it's going yeah, to end knows? up having pieces missing. And I, I should add, not only will I only do Ravensburger puzzles, I, I have my, I can narrow further my, my puzzle fetish, and that is I will only do uh, puzzles that are photographs of something. I don't want your little artwork or your painting of a unicorn or whatever it is. I don't want, and, and more narrow than that, I will only do photographs of of European kind of tourist or or street scenes or countryside landscapes. So we've done the city of London, we've done the Spanish Steps in Rome. We're right now working on a sort of French seaside scenario. And um, we've done these, these Schwanstein Castle rules. here. These are these not rules. These are my own personal tastes. That's only my buddy Kevin uh, texted me the other day that he's completed three puzzles or something, and he has a certain brand whose name I've already forgotten because it doesn't have soft click technology. And he will only do like beer labels and candy bar collections and things like that. I, I uh, you know what this I scoff at that. You know what this sort of is. Yeah, what's the kind of puzzle you like so much? Ravenburger. Ravensburger. Ravensburger. What do you mean? What do you mean? Why you, 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 no, I like these too. Right I like before these too. we turned on record, you were the biggest fan of these. No, puzzles, I, I so do like these. I'm you just were complaining saying, about the Kodak puzzle. This is puzzle. kind of the adult quarantine version of the Harry Potter um, houses. You're Ravensburger. You're right. Your friend Kevin is only you does don't huffle even, puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> You don't remember the name of his puzzles. There are probably the the poor souls out there who are the Kodak uh, in the house of Kodak. But um, this is how it's kind of all coming together. And and we've talked before on our podcast about our local toy uh, store, Neckers, which we love so much. And um, we did get that's where we got the new puzzle. And our oldest daughter also, when we were there, got a paint by number which she said it took 15 hours for her to do, and actually it came out really um, beautifully. It was, it was a, a scene from Augusta National at the Masters. Yeah, it was. It, it's, caddy in the white jumpsuit, it's beautiful. And, you know, now especially we're on day 12, but, it you know, who knows when this <laughs> this is going to end. And, uh, and it, stores in, in Connecticut, can no, unless they're considered essential stores, can no longer be open. And so I was asking the woman who runs Neckers about that, and she said, well... Uh, we'll be, I think they live right next to the store. She said, just give us a call and um, we can even FaceTime with you. And if there's something that you need or you want a puzzle or whatever else, just let us know. You can purchase it. She said, and then um, just drive to the store. We'll come out, drop it at the curb. You can pick it oh. up. And uh, and that's a way to uh, still, for people who are inside and might be running out of puzzles or I paint thought, by numbers or whatever else. I thought you were going to say you could say they could show you the shelves. We want that 2000 piece puzzle and then she would take it to her house and assemble it for us as we <laughs> right. watched but i mean it's just it, it's and I, I noticed that for our local um hardware store as well yesterday when i drove by it um and they had somebody coming outside and people would you know i guess same thing place an order if you need whatever you need from the hardware store and they would just come and leave it curbside so I, i'm glad that our local businesses in our small town are at least figuring out a way to still you know, service customers and also to, to stay open. Well, what I what I love about the puzzling, which I haven't, I haven't put together a puzzle in 10 years, I wouldn't think, at least 10 years, is is 
and I, I'm pretty sure my own lungs are full of fine puzzle dust at this point. But uh, what I love is in the evenings when the when the day is done and the kids are settled in front of the TV or something is standing over, put, putting both palms on the dining room table, surveying that puzzle like MacArthur standing over a map of the Philippines or something and, and feeling you know, like you've accomplished something or you're about to accomplish something. I also like the, the, uh, the give and take, the cut and thrust of doing the puzzle with you because strangely this collaborative experience becomes competitive and you will say, look, 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 watch, look, watch me snap this piece in, this hard to find piece in the middle here, boom, I've got it. And I will then sort of patronize you with, with you know, that's wonderful. And then, and then when I'll get a, a, a section and uh, I will say, check this out and I will maybe do an end zone kind of celebration. You, you referred to me this week as the boastful puzzler. You said you're a boastful puzzler. <laughs> you and are I, a boastful I now, puzzler. At least I now know that um, that when I open a pub, and I've I've gone through 900 different iterations of what my pub name would be. Right now, it would definitely be the boastful puzzler. <laughs> That's a pretty great name because the last uh, last name we were on, which was probably a couple of years ago, was Barnes and Noble. I think we talked about that. But anyway, uh, the boastful puzzler is even better. Barnes and Noble. That was you were going to buy a, a barn, convert it into a bookstore. And it was only going to be nonfiction, right? That was your <laughs> yes, idea. Barnes, exactly. two barns, and Noble. <laughs> Noble, because your name, your your idea of fiction is it's all bull. It's, <laughs> and, that's a bunch of bull. <laughs> and uh, speaking of, did Hamlet, you sh- what a bunch of bull? I'm <laughs> did sorry, you show ahead. me? Um, did you show me a headline that our favorite bookstore in the world, Powell's in Portland? Is closing during I, I, all of this? I saw I saw a headline, but I don't know I don't know the story or if it is. I would hate to. It's been suggest years it is and years since we've been there, but um, well, one of our one of the most spectacular and, bookstores on the planet. Yeah, but others of our favorite bookstores are delivering during uh, the quarantine, and um, we'll be ordering our books from them. You're speaking specifically of at least in Connecticut, one of the bookstores that RJ we love Julia. is RJ Julia. Yeah, it's a great one. What I was thinking as I was doing the puzzle this morning uh, was what's missing. I, I've got my my pose, my sleeves pushed up, and my you know I'm in the map room at the White House or whatever it is, and I'm pouring over this puzzle. But what I what I've I, been to the map room in the so White House multiple multiple times. I've I've been there. What did you do there? That's where I did the the so, brackets so with Barack Obama. This is but this is such a something about Mary. Have you been to Santiago, Chile <laughs> twice last year? So I've been to the map room. You had to add multiple times. <laughs> well, thank well, you. Why were you thank in you, the map Randa room? McNally. I'm sorry. <laughs> why was I there? Yeah. Because I've been to the White House multiple times, and but on at least one room? of those multiple occasions, I wandered into the map room. What did I need? I needed a a, a paper folding map of Topeka in so case you I just, go there. You soon. were at the White House and just happened to wander into the I map room. I think I was in every room of the White House when I was at. Various of the Christmas parties there. Okay. Now I'm now I'm, now I'm, I'm not the boastful, boastful puzzler. I'm the I'm the obnoxious podcaster. That's my new pub. Can I, as Ross Perot? Were you in the middle as, of saying as something? Dana Carvey as Ross Perot once said, "Can I finish? Can I finish?" You can finish. Okay. Um, what I was going to say was the only thing that's missing for me with the puzzle is as I was, sometimes I have to take my glasses off to see some fine detail in the puzzle, mm-hmm. or if I'm holding up the piece to the box and looking, I'm one of those. I need a jeweler's loop. 
Oh, good heavens. And I think, so you, I think, you think, I think that would be my next ocular affectation. You think our monocle dealer will also send you a jeweler's loop? Well, our monocle dealer, George, no, I, I'm not soliciting anything of the sort. I would think we would have to go to a jeweler for that. But if I had the monocle, and of course the, the sun monocle, the monocle with the flip-down shade, I think the next step in that progression would be the jeweler's loop. You but, need a uh, jeweler's loop to do puzzles. Well, I mean, why not? Oh, my gosh. I mean, who knows how long this is going to last. So it may be oh, a good investment to make I, I certainly now, hope, sooner I mean, rather we than all, later. We all hope that this is over as quickly as possible. But I, I, I do think that the puzzling will continue. I can remember back, again, this was before we had kids, Christmas time, being down in Florida, visiting your dad, staying with your brother, uh, sister-in-law. And at that time, they only had one child, um, Charlie, who was not even two years old. And and that was a Christmas. And is now in college. And is now in college. That was a Christmas where th- there's a few just rainy days and you and I sitting down and working on a puzzle. And um, and years later, uh, our sister-in-law, Jill, brought up the fact, she's like, I can just remember you guys doing puzzles while we're like knee deep in changing diapers and, and just the constant motion of what it's like to be a parent of a kid that age. And just thinking, oh my gosh, these guys are sitting here doing puzzles. And, and when she was telling me that, we had a couple little ones and just thinking, gosh, are we ever going to be able to do a puzzle again? Like, are we ever going to just going to have the t- not, enough not, time to not, kill? Not will we ever travel. Will we ever walk barefoot on a beach? Will we ever uh, <laughs> go out and have well, our own meal in a restaurant? Will, will we ever be able to do a puzzle with well, soft because technology? Because there's nothing that says I just have time to kill quite like doing a puzzle. I mean, that's when you do puzzles is when you're bored, when you don't have much else to do. That's that's kind of the physical embodiment of killing time is, is doing a puzzle. And and anyway, so now that we have all this time and we're actually doing puzzles, it just seems I mean, that amongst a million other things makes it feel like we've li- uh, visited this alternate universe. And another alternate universe for me is in the mornings now, usually you know, things are so hectic getting the kids off to school. I don't ever have the television on in the morning, but occasionally I've put the TV on and it's been on uh, ESPN or ESPN2. So it might be on during Get Up or Golik and Wingo. And a couple of the ads I've seen have been terrific. One of them was for the, I think it was the lawnmower. It's for a manscaping electric razor. Um, but the other one that I really liked was for, it's for, it's shampoo to help men who have gray hair to get, you know, their hair no longer gray. And this, I swear to God, I've got, was... I've got a way to do that. <laughs> it's just cut Lose it all it, off. Yes. So this was, I swear to God, the tagline, be the better man you are. Be the better man you are. Be the better man you are? What be does that the better, mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's a grammatical and, and, train wreck. And you're supposed to become the better man you are by... Is that sort of like getting be, the gray out of your hair? Be the man your dog thinks you are. Is that sort of that? I, that? I don't know. I just don't know. And uh, and by we, the way, isn't Golik doing a show from from, from his, his home. basement? Yeah. So Trey goes to the Golik's house and they uh, and they do the show from the basement, which is you know they haven't they've only been uh, having the audio on television up with a big graphic. They don't have a video camera, but um, but yeah. So they they've been doing that and. Uh, and I haven't, we've been really good about social distancing. We haven't left the house very much other than to go to the park. And I've left the house to go to the grocery store and, and the one time to, How to go get some How is the social distancing within the grocery store? Is it it's happening? actually been pretty good because um, 
I guess that's one of the benefits of not living in a city is our grocery store hasn't been ridiculously crowded. So it's easy to stay six feet away from someone checking out. They've, you know, put up signs to stay six feet away from the person in front of you. At least at the stop and shop, they've put up this like plexiglass. Sort of Pope mobile screen. Yeah. Right in between the, where the cashier um, scans your groceries and where you are. And I was pleased to see because a lot of the items in our grocery had really been depleted. And then when I was there the other day, they've restocked most things. Still no toilet paper, no paper towels. This was interesting to me too, because no toilet paper, no paper towels. Okay, that makes sense. No eggs. So those are the three items um, still missing. But anyway, thinking about- That sounds like the worst recipe in guys' grocery games. (laughs) Paper towels, toilet paper, and a dozen eggs. And this this weird, I I was telling you this the other day when I came home because we had purchased a a mouth guard for our, one of our kids just got her braces off. And so I'd gotten a mouth guard for when she plays sports. And um, the orthodontist called and said, the mouth guard's ready. We're not going, we're no longer going to have your appointment, but you can come pick it up. So I drive and they said, you know, the, the, dental hygienist or whatever the equivalent it is at the orthodontist office you know she'll be at the at the office she drives a black car so I get to the office the only car every transaction is a drug deal yeah every transaction is a drug deal so I get to the to the office there's one black car in the parking lot but she's not in it so I just back my car in and I sit in the car and wait and I don't know how many minutes later she comes out of the orthodontist office walks over I put my window halfway down like pinching with you know my thumb and my first finger a Ziploc bag and I put my hand out the window and she drops in the case the mouth cards <laughs> and I bring them back in the window you know we we don't speak to each other and, and this is how this is our transaction of how I'm picking up our daughter's mouth you just card. exchange aluminum briefcases in a parking right, garage right pretty much and then I went from there to the grocery store and as I'm w- going into the grocery store, somebody I know is coming out of the grocery store. And so I just say to her while remaining six feet, feet apart, I said, you know, how is it stocked pretty well? And she said, yeah, she said, um, it's everything's good, except they still don't have any eggs. OK, so I go, I do my grocery shopping, coming back out to the car, load up my groceries, get in the car. I have a text on my phone from that person I saw when I was going into the grocery. And it just said, Cumberland Farms has eggs, a couple dozen left. <laughs> So I text her back, this town or this town? And so she tells me which town. <laughs> so I go to the Cumberland Farms and uh, get a dozen eggs because they did have a few dozen left. Like that's that's what it's become. It just everything and you feels like a drug, drug you, deal. You didn't tell the rest of the story. On your way home, so ravenous for eggs, you bit into a raw <laughs> egg and got pulled over. And the, the police officer came to the window and said, is that yolk on your face? Oh, good heavens. You mentioned uh, a few minutes ago feeling like an alternate reality, and I sort of have to remind myself every day that this is real life. And one time during this quarantine, I woke up in the morning having forgotten the present predicament Mm -hmm. and came back to the realization after a few seconds that I'm not getting up and driving the kids to school, that um, I'm not leaving the house, and that a lot of people are or have been or are getting sick in this pandemic and um, it's certainly the strangest time I think we've lived through. Yeah. Um, and uh, nothing profound to say about it other than our, our days, our um, activities, everything has contracted into the home and I wonder how many of those things will have changed permanently 
when, God willing, this is over. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And um, you I know, wasn't asking you for, for no, a, I, I know. I'm, I'm just the future, but I just it's uh, raising it. Well, I was thinking, you know, last week I said something on the podcast about, you know, there's going to be times during this that I'm going to look back on fondly. And I certainly don't want to minimize the understanding of the what's happening all around us and um, how we're just trying to keep our stuff together in our own little world inside this house. But, but ordinarily um, you'd be gone traveling yeah, this month. Yeah. And you wouldn't be here. And it's, instead, the opposite has happened. You you are here 24-7. And the, the family dinners that the kids begrudgingly attend and the movie nights that are pretty much every night that we've had, the family puzzle competition, I guess, if you will, that we've been doing, all of that stuff has definitely been the... the uh, silver lining in, a, in an otherwise horrible situation. Yeah, the silver lining and the distraction. And I do hope that we can keep some of it going. I mean, it's going to be a lot harder um, next March if I am traveling again for work to have every dinner together like we've had. But that certainly has been a, a nice benefit. Um, but to go from a, this. a daily life dictated by insane overscheduling, you know. Yes. Kids playing two sports and they have these six practices tonight and you're going to drive here, there, and be in the car for five hours. I mean, my car has gone from, I don't know, a pace of 23,000 miles a year to a pace of 200 miles a year. Yeah, we probably, I mean, our our full tanks of gas in our cars will probably last who knows how long, but a really long time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they've even shown, you know, I don't know if it's Google Earth or exactly what the the effect this has had on on pollution in China and how it's you know places like L.A. or San Francisco even how it's the cleanest air they've had there in a really long time because people aren't uh, able to be out and polluting. But um, we have to keep looking for those positive signs amidst all of this craziness. This is the worst, and we all know people who have been directly affected physically and uh, with more to come. So. as this continues, we'll stay confined to the home. Will we continue to do these podcasts? I guess we'll play it by ear. But yeah, we'll we'll see how uh, how things go. But um, anyway, should we get to viewer mail? Was there? Why don't we get to viewer mail? Did I just bring still? you down? I felt like What's I that? just I just don't bring me down. down. Bruce, Bruce, not Bruce, 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 Bruce with a G. If you look at the Bruce, Bruce, G R O S. Who knows? G R U S S. Um, we'd have to ask Jeff Lynn. We should get Jeff Lynn. We should get Denny to get Jeff Lynn on the podcast. Um, also, so I, I may have said this on the podcast when I was driving in the car a few weeks ago and the Beatles came on, Don't Let Me Down. Mm-hmm. Don't Let Me Down, right? Right. And and our nine-year-old from the backseat said, Oh, Bruce. And I said, No, no, that's Don't Bring Me Down. This is Don't Let Me Down. And she was kind of disappointed that this was the wrong. So anyway, I, I don't want to bring you down, so. Shall we get to viewer mail? Let's get to viewer mail. Let's do it. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Okay, Chris in Minnesota uh, writes to ballandchainpod at gmail.com that uh, he he had uh, read Stingray Afternoons on a cruise, the last perhaps, uh, he writes, under the circumstances, and read uh, Stingray Afternoons. I'm glad he says a bunch of nice things about that and it's all by way of saying and he's a fan became a fan of the podcast 
Um, it's all by way of saying that um, he wanted to share a story from his youth as we wait for baseball to return. Back in the fall of 1971, writes Chris, my mom called Sister Peter Damien. Do you remember the days when nuns had men's saints' names? I do. The principal of St. Thomas the Apostle. She asked that her sons meet her at the principal's office so she could t- pick us up to go to the dentist. My brother Wolf and I arrived and signed out to go. We drove to the Northwestern National Bank, Sons of Norway building on Lake Street in South Minneapolis in what is now the Uptown area. I know it well. Upon entering the building, rather than going left to the elevator bank to the dentist's office, we went right, right into the bank, right into a room where he stood behind a huge sheet cake with the numbers and words, 500 home runs, congratulations, Harmon, lettered in frosting. Harmon Killebrew? Harmon Killebrew, on the occasion of his 500th home run, evidently having a celebration in the lobby of the Northwestern National Bank building. Behind the cake was the greatest baseball player of all time, the greatest twin, Harmon Killebrew. We looked around. We were the only kids in the room. He smiled, welcomed us to stand near him and have our picture taken with him. How did you boys get out of school today, he asked. Our mom told the nuns we had a dentist appointment, we said. He smiled, and I think I saw him wink at my mom. He was warm. He was fun. He was caring. He made us feel like we were the only ones in the room, though the room was filled with others. He was one of our heroes. He assigned my official ball with the most beautiful signature I've ever seen. I think I've told you, Harmon Killebrew prided himself on the legibility of his signature, and in later years, like in recent years before he passed, the he would uh, he would demand current Twins players sign baseballs legibly. So um, uh, eat your heart out, John Hancock. I lived with Harmon on the radio listening to Twins games on WCCO into the night or watching him on TV. I said that when I get older, I would buy my suits from Foreman and Clark because that's where Harmon got his suits. I remember those commercials for Foreman and Clark and Harmon Killebrew. I mean, uh, how great is that? Harmon Killebrew, that's one of the statues outside Target Center that our kids have climbed on for pictures, right? Absolutely. And, and I mean, how cool is it? I don't, I, I don't think he says in here why his, his mother's connection to, uh, to Harmon, but how cool it is, is it? Your mom's going to pick you up to go to the dentist. At least you get out of school, but you got to go to the dentist. And before right. you get, that's, that, that parallels almost exactly my dad taking my brother Tom and I out to buy underwear <laughs> in the summer of 1975. And before, Instead of going left to Corner Plaza to buy back-to-school underwear, we went right to the Boulevard Theater where we saw Jaws, the most terrifying, exhilarating two hours of my then nine-year-old life. Not yet nine-year-old life. Why did he take me to Jaws at age eight? I I I can't say. It doesn't at all parallel the past couple of uh, weeks when I've taken our kids out of school to go to the dentist and I've taken them to the dentist. (laughs) Right. More cruelly, you you said you were taking them out of school to go meet Harmon Killer. And then you took them to the dentist. Uh, John tweeted this to, uh, what's the Twitter handle back? At Ball and Chain Pod. That time, John Tesh, my vocal ganger. Now, people think, somebody thinks that my voice sounds like John Tesh. Well, uh, Jeff uh, sends in that time, John Tesh left himself a voicemail that turned into the theme music for the NBA on NBC. Now, you have to repost this. I will, for sure, yes. John Tesh... uh, Many of you may know wrote the theme music to the NBA and NBC. Da 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 in the nineties. Remember this? Oh, of course. And well, I know you remember. I'm I'm asking the invisible out there if they remember it. So asking the viewers. But John Tesh says in this little stage performance that he got that idea for that melody, and he back in the 80s, 90s, called, him, called his own voicemail and left himself, uh, his own answering machine and left himself a voicemail. But his, you know, just vocal uh, uh, arrangement, when he when he's 
saying what the instruments should do is is worth the price of admission. It's pretty interesting and absurd. Without question. Um, this came into our the Twitter handle at Ball and Chain Pod from Jennifer, and then she retweeted um, somebody else, and it just says, I think you should be aware. So the tweet that she retweeted says, I don't know who needs to hear this, but quarantine rules are airport rules. Have a drink at 9 a.m. if you want to. So what do you think about that, that uh, quarantine rules are now airport rules? So say, if you live in Minnesota, I wonder, can you drink before six yet? What was the... At the airport? Yeah. Well, Remember they're they were talking about to, at home. Right. No, I know. I'm just saying if quarantine rules are airport rules, then... Oh, sure. Uh, well, well, I mean, essential businesses remain open and, and here package stores, as they call them here, or liquor stores are, are open for that reason. They're considered essential business. So I would, I would say, of course... Um, Ralph says, hi, Steve. I figured that reruns of competitive games would become the staple of sports networks. I decided to watch the Maryland Duke championship game from 2006 because it went into overtime so dramatically. Maryland went on to win. I'd forgotten that Megan Foley's last second shot in OT was an air ball. I do remember that her buzzer beater beat UConn on January 3rd, 2004. Do you remember that, Rebecca? Yes, I do. Uh, I had to look up the exact date. That was Bridgeport, I think. Writes Ralph, the only games I will not watch are ones in which UConn lost. There are two of those on tonight. I will watch ND, Mississippi State, and Texas A&M, Stanford on DVR. We all have to make adjustments. I actually, um, a member of my family texted me and said, can you use your pull at ESPN to have them play instead of close UConn losses? Um, Because ESPN played Mississippi State's buzzer-beating win over UConn at the Final Four, and then Notre Dame's Arike Agumbawale last-second shot that beat UConn at the Final Four um, a year later. They, uh, they say, can you ask ESPN to, to play UConn wins instead of losses? And I said, well, this is the thing. UConn, when they win, it's never a close right. game. <laughs> and so they're playing close games. And so uh, the only close games are the buzzer-beating losses. I and say, I have no pull there. I thought you were going to say just that. Your answer was, no, Dad. <laughs> Dr. Gary Siegel with two R's writes, my daughter sent the uh, meal schedule. My daughter-in-law made the salient and brilliant observation that it took a pandemic for the world to recognize my son, her husband's eating schedule. Enjoy. And here is schedule. Uh, it says, uh, for this is the quarantine meal schedule. 7 a.m. breakfast, 7.15, dessert breakfast. <laughs> 8.30, panic snack with news. 9.45, chocolate. 11.30, snack while standing up and staring. 12.30, lunch with small dessert. 2 o'clock, post-snap luncheon. 4.30, trail mix. 6 o'clock, dinner with weird vibes. How old is the person who posted this? How old? Yeah. Do we this have any is, idea? This seems like this a... This is my daughter-in-law. Made the, uh, this is uh, my daughter sent the meal schedule. My daughter-in-law made the brilliant observation that it took a pandemic for the world to recognize her husband, Dr. Siegel's son, the schedule that he's always had. And, and Dr. Siegel notes that um, if you just w- reverse... Uh, dessert breakfast. It's breakfast dessert. It says they got the name backwards, but it's a spreading trend. Ed, our resident patent attorney in Maryland, writes, please see the attached picture from a Facebook friend. It's a sloppy joe made from lentils instead of meat. Apparently it's a thing. It can't be a thing. And there is a picture. I, I have to say it doesn't look all that appetizing, but Ed writes, friends, I give you the loose legume sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, That's a better name. It, it does not look terribly appetizing, but it actually looks... I think I would enjoy it. I bet it's pretty good because it's got, it's you got, like um, lentils. And it's got the serrated pickles on top that remind me of White Castles. So I would try that. We can post that picture on on uh, Twitter as well, Beck. Okay. Um, 
Bob in North Carolina writes, on last week's podcast, you mentioned the Spoonerism sand sanitizer. That's what happens when my wife, Hannah, sits down on the beach. Sand sanitizer. Rebecca? Bravo. Your, your silence is uh, <laughs> so familiar to me. Um, finally, Betsy in Chatham on the Cape. Betsy writes, Marty is alive and well here on Cape Cod in Harwich. And here is Marty, the stop and shop robot, looking, dare I say, happy and googly eyed, uh, uh, roaming the aisles at the stop and shop in Harwich. Enjoy your podcasts. Keep them coming. Something normal in these scary times. Uh, that's from Betsy. Uh, stop and shop employees behind their bulletproof Popemobile glass have gotten yeah. a 10% raise I've seen across the board. For 70,000 employees. So When I was at Stop and Shop the other day, whenever I saw, the, I mean, I know so many of the people there, um, but I just said, made sure to say thank you because, you know, imagine if they weren't willing to come to work. Um, it would be even crazier for all of us if we were unable to get our food. So thank you to all the people like the folks at Stop and Shop who are putting their own health at risk for the rest of us. With the exception of Marty, who's risk exception of Marty, go go recharge, bud. So everybody, be well out there. Get well, and stay well. Rebecca, anything you want to add? Um, no. Well said. <laughs> so Tom, Dick, Hari, please play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.